Greetings, peasants. I mean, hello, good friends and brave adventurers and devious dungeon masters. My name is Tim. I'm your dungeon master, and welcome back to the Knights and Nerds podcast. And I want to say thank you very much for listening to us. Before we get into the episode, I have a few quick announcements to make, and I'll try to keep it brief. Not long ago, I put out an offer on Instagram and Facebook to do a bonus episode where I would make an epic level D&D monster out of Thanos, the Marvel villain from the Avengers Infinity War. I do want us to get to 15 ratings on iTunes for that to happen, and you know what? We're nearly there. Last time I checked, we were up to nine five-star ratings, which is great, so we're almost at 15. So if you'd like that bonus episode where I go through the step-by-step process of turning Thanos into an epic-level D&D monster, just head on over to iTunes, give us a rating. Uh, I think it would be a lot of fun to do this bonus episode, and and using Thanos like this could be a really fun sort of one-shot encounter for a group of epic-level heroes. Also on Instagram this week, we got our very first fan art and you know what? It really made my entire month to to see that. So thank you very much to Max for the fan art. You can do, go and check it out uh, on our Instagram page. I'll try to post it to Facebook as well. When we first started recording this, I had hoped that people would enjoy it enough to maybe draw something, but I, I never realistically thought it would happen. So to actually see it happen, you know, it makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. So thank you again, Max, for doing that. Also, after this episode, there will be another campaign planning episode coming very soon, probably next week, so keep an eye out for that. If you are yourself a Dungeon Master, there is a Dungeon Master-only group on our Knights and Nerds Facebook page, so you can join that. I'm still currently the only person in there, but if you want to join and you want to talk about what's happened in the campaign so far or if you're curious as to what I'm planning or what the big twists are, you can go and join the Facebook page and we can talk about it there uh, so we don't spoil things for everybody else by discussing it out in the open. Also, if you do have any questions about this campaign or even your own campaign, I would love to help out. So if you want to ask questions, maybe I could do like a, a Q&A episode, even though there are far more experienced dungeon masters out there than I. If you think that would be interesting, or if you think that might be useful, uh, let me know on Instagram at Knights and Nerds, or Facebook is Knights and Nerds Podcast, or Twitter is at Knights and Nerds. And if you are wanting to have your name in the podcast, if you want to have a non-player character who meets an unfortunate end named after you, let us know on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. We've had a few people submit their names already, and we are slowly working through that list. As I've stated before, we've pre-recorded some of these episodes, so uh, while we are getting to them, and we will get to all of them, I promise, uh, we won't be hearing the first names for, for another few episodes yet, but just be patient, and it will all be worth it. And lastly, there's going to be some background noise and ambient music in this episode. That's courtesy of TabletopAudio.com. If you're running your own game or are a part of a game and you want to throw some ambient background noise into your game, or even if you just work on the computer a lot and you want something on in the background that isn't too distracting, but it's very comforting, uh, tabletopaudio.com, check it out. And if you do want to support the podcast in a way other than leaving a rating or review, which by itself is great, 
You can tell your friends or visit thingstimwrote.com slash books. As I've said before, I'm an independent fantasy writer. If you're enjoying these episodes and you enjoy reading ebooks on a tablet or on a phone, uh, you can check out the books that I've written. They're pretty inexpensive and also pretty good. All right, that's it for the announcements. Let's rejoin Tom, Matt, Katie, and Candace, otherwise known as Gilladob, Spruce, Vanna, and Fiance. So yeah, when we last left, Gilladob was stealth on the street. Uh, the caravan was approaching. Vanna Whitehelsing, Fiance, Spruce Lee, and Martin the Cloak were on a roof close to, or such that you could see, Thorn, Owen, and the others, right? Thorn saw this caravan come. The caravan is uh, belongs to, looks like it belongs to Agaran. It's being escorted by about eight dragonborn soldiers, two of which have two-headed dogs. And Thorn sprung into action. Martin freaked out because he's worried that Thorn is going to get himself killed. And he began descending the building. And he asked that, uh, as he was descending, he said, he was kind of panicked at first. He was saying, you have to do something. But as he's descending now, now that we're picking it back up, Martin says, I will deal with Thorn. Just distract the soldiers long enough for me to get him out of here. Let's Before we get to initiative rolling, uh, Gilladob, how close are you, would you say, to this caravan? Hmm. I mean, I was lurking by this the stone walls and stuff. So probably like fairly close, probably within 30 feet. I'm just looking at my bag of distractions. If only one of us was adept, adept at performing. <laughs> Whoever could that be? Hmm. How many in the caravan? There were eight soldiers and two two-headed dogs. <laughs> I just can only I can only distract three people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was eight trained soldiers. <laughs> That's why I asked how many there were. Eight trained soldiers with scary two-headed dogs. <laughs> we need an appropriate distraction. <laughs> Can't just like bust out in a ragtime show or something. <laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello, yeah. my darling. They're just gonna walk right past you. So this this caravan is it like? So we've got the guards, right? I'm assuming they're on foot, yep. right? Alongside, is it just one carriage, sort of, that we're looking at, or is it multiple vehicles of some sort? Sorry, yeah, no, it is uh, one. Uh, heavily armored carriage being pulled by four horses, and there's a carriage driver as well. Okay. And it's in motion right now? Yes. Alright, so I have somewhat, I at least have somewhat of a working plan here, but it's only the very beginning. Okay, what's your idea? Well, if I'm confident in my current state of being hidden... You heard um, him? Because it was hidden. Yeah, but did, but did you hear him say that we needed to distract the guards from where you were? Because you're not with us. I don't know. But who knows how these things work? You, know? <laughs> you DM the Either world way, my genius insight, <laughs> I use my uh, mage hands to maybe like, if, if there's some sort of like stick or something that I could mage hand over to like lodge in the wheel to create a very temporary stop or stall for this cart the only thing i can remotely think of that i could do is i have the fog that i could use to create some sort of cover slash disorient them but i otherwise i have no freaking idea you can create a fog 
like dry ice fog. Oh, hell yeah. Sounds like a hell of an entrance. (laughs) (laughs) Why have we not used this before? Wait a second here. Do you have a glaive? Yeah, I do. Is it really big? I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Depends how cold it is right now. (laughs) Is this a a cold fog or is it a warm fog? I'm just more so thinking I could actually light your glaive up to make it glow. As like... Great. I'd be like, hey, there's, that guy's got a glowy stick. Great. Anyways, a glaive is work. huge. I'm, wait. <laughs> a glaive is huge, first off, if I'm thinking of the thing that Impa has mm-hmm. in Zelda. Uh, and if she has fog, and if you're going to stop it with your hand. Well, that's one way of saying it. Your mage hand. <laughs> you're going to stop them, so they'd have to be slightly distracted for a moment. Mm-hmm. And then... Rising on top of a roof of fog and light. Not used to this whole not just killing people. (laughs) I could begin a epic ballad of some sort using enthrall. So you you want my glaive? Well, no. You can just I can touch it and light it up, and you can just start (laughs) swinging it around. (laughs) I know where you're going with this, and I'm trying to keep it clean. Don't even bother trying. I know. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, I can't think too far ahead. So on top of this, mage room. hands, yeah. move move a five pound rock in front of the wheel. Still hiding. Yeah. So you find some in the alley that you're ducked in. You find some uh, some refuse, like a broken crate or something like that. And you 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 throw something into the uh, workings of the wheel. All right, I will. I will cast fog cloud. All right, I didn't realize I was giving everybody just a free action, but you know what? Let's oh. do it. Okay. Faye knows when the call comes to sing, <laughs> and she just looked at you and went, "Glaive, fog, let's begin." And then, to her advantage, someone stopped the cart. <laughs> I'm realizing though that to light his glaive would be an action. And that I couldn't sing in thrall without lighting your and light your glaive. If it's Faye's instinct to look over and be like, I could use that glaive as a glowing beacon and Faye just what are you gonna you're gonna cast light on it? That's like what your instinct is, then I don't think I would have enough time to stop you, but Spruce is not thrilled about the idea of having a glowing beacon that points all the enemies straight at him. During this, like, Martin took off toward them, right? After, after Thorn, is that his name? I'm just going to follow Martin. So I lack a glaive anyways. I just get some sweet fog. Fog, yeah. So I'm just going to rise up with, like, a triumphant, booming voice. Um, I'm debating between enthrall and precipitation in general. Okay, enthrall. So I'm going to do enthrall. All right, so I have to make some saving throws against 13? Yes, 13. Okay, so they are alert to the fact that Thorn and the others are coming at them. So they are about to be in combat and also not 100% focused on, you know, what's happening now. Plus they're they're obscured so they can't really see you as well as they should. So they're going to be rolling the save with advantage. Okay, I agree. You are DM. You're on the right side of history on that one. I'm wondering if you would know how many are charmed. Anytime we played before. I mean, they, I would know if they were looking at me. Can always make a perception check to be able to notice. 
I am. That's a good idea. <laughs> Thirteen. It's just like dry ice fall <laughs> to make me look epic on the roof. She gets to decide where it sits, right? Just like around mm-hmm. the bottom of the house. Where was it, Katie? Was it? Did you drop it on? Assumed that. So yes. Okay, so you do your enthrall, and you you genuinely don't know how it went. So let's all roll initiative. Did you roll twice, Katie? Uh, no, but I rolled a twenty the first time. So. Whoa! <laughs> Bitches, watch out! <laughs> Who else got like fifteen to twenty? Eighteen. Uh, ten to fifteen. Thirteen. And ten. It was a long initiative order, you guys. Uh, but we'll start with Vanna, who is still up on the roof. Is that right? And you've dropped a fog cloud on top of the carriage. And so basically obscuring it and the eight soldiers and two dogs around it. Thorn and the others have descended their building from the, the rooftop that they were on, going towards the the flank of the, car- uh, of the carriage. Uh, Martin has descended and would be approaching it from the front as would the rest of you. Uh, Gilly, you're closer to the front also? I, I guess in my head, because they were coming through the gate, so they were being attacked from one side of the gate. I, I was kind of thinking I was on the other. So I'm like on the other side from Thorin. So what about the people guarding the carriage? Like, have they they've noticed that the other people are trying to attack? And are they like, do they have weapons ready or? Oh yeah. And the cart's jammed up still, so it's not moving. The cart did stop because uh, Gilladab threw some whatever in the wheel. I don't know what am I supposed to do. <laughs> Just well, you can descend from the roof and go into into battle, or you could like ready your bow and arrow and just wait for to see one of the soldiers. And once you do see them, just let a shot go. Yeah, so I guess I'll just ready my longbow then. Okay. Gilladab. All right. Gilladab. It's actually, I think I'm going to, you know, I've got cover. They haven't noticed me. There's a nice fog cloud going on. I'm going to sneak over to the cart using my superior dark vision. Hopefully, maybe that helps in fog. I don't really know, but but I have it. <laughs> Just to point that out. And I'm going to sneak over to the cart and try and... Is there like a window? Did, did I? Is there like windows in the cart that I noticed? Something that I could like peek into? Uh, no, it wasn't like a like a cart that a person would necessarily ride in. It was it was like a solid U-Haul kind of storage. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a okay. box truck mm. with horses. Is it wooden? It has like metal plating on the side and top. But there's wood parts to it. Yeah. Can I try and set it on fire? Sure. Yeah. So I, I guess I'll pull out like whatever torch material I have for my little bag and try and start a fire. I really hope there's explosives. In there. It would be distracting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's all I want to do with my action. That's all I'll do. So you're going to sneak up there. Mm-hmm. In the fog. And try to start a fire. Mm-hmm. Stealthily try to... Commit There's arson. Fog! It's the perfect time if I'm ever gonna be able to start a fire in the middle of a battle. It's now. <laughs> I'm still trying to work with 
the distract versus kill instincts. Just I'm trying. I like it. I do not see any of this coming. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I had a very my thought process was very similar in this that I was gonna try and pull out my longbow and shoot a flaming arrow. At this. Nice. <laughs> see. Burn, burn them all. If you can't kill things, just burn them. <laughs> okay, so Gilladob sneaks into the fog enshrouded area, takes out his. Uh, it, my burglar's pack has some uh, oil flasks and a tinder box, so I'll use one of the the things of oil to like pour on some of the wood, and, and use the tinder box to strike up the fire. Awesome. So you pour some of that stuff maybe on one of the wheels or on one of the, uh, I don't know, axles. And uh, you get a little spark, a little flame going. I, I'm going to use my cutting action, because I get a bonus action every turn, to uh, dash so that I can just move away from the burning cart. I don't want to be near the fire anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Come on! <laughs> okay, and... Uh, Faye and Vanna, from the rooftop, you can see Martin sort of dash along the side of the building into the fog cloud uh, in Thorne's general direction. And that takes us to Faye, it's your turn. You can hear like some confused shouts coming from the fog cloud, but it's all in Draconic, which I don't know if you speak that. Uh, I'm going to ready Minor Illusion for when the fog dissipates, maybe? Okay, so when the fog dissipates, you're gonna drop Minor Legion. Spruce! I'm gonna flank the same side that that Thorn and them came in. Come around that side, get my bow out, and yeah, I'm gonna I'm just gonna ready my longbow. I kinda wanna ready it in case I see Martin being attacked. Mm-hmm. To sort of be able to... You could just ready... Um, waiting for a target to become available. But you, I, I kind of specifically want that. Like, I, I only want to shoot someone if if I feel like someone from our party is in danger. Basically, tar- kind of train it on where, around where Martin, where I assume he would be based on where he ran in. You're pointing your bow at him for defense. Well, I don't even, <laughs> I don't even know if I'm pointing it at him. Yeah. He ran in the front. Yeah. He might be right in the front, but I know where Thorn went in, so I kind of, I'm assuming that um. Yeah, I'm just gonna do that. Would Gilladob burn a caravan with valuables? <laughs> oh yeah, I would. You can recover valuables from ashes. <laughs> In fact, gems and jewels, the, my favorite, those won't burn up. You hear weapons clashing and some, some more angered shouting and draconic. There's a few motes of fire that appear suddenly as Dragonborn are exhaling, which helps to dissipate the fog somewhat. And Matt, you see Martin trying to drag Thorn away, and there's two Dragonborn coming at him. So this is going to trigger a couple of things. It's going to trigger Katie's shot and also Spruce's shot. So let's do Katie's first. You see this fog dissipating. You see Martin and Thorn and two other dragonborn that are coming right at them. I'll target one of those. Wait, uh, so I do speak draconic, or understand it, so can I know what they said? Sure. Tell me. Let's attack this one over here. Okay, yeah, that's pretty much what I figured. (laughs) You also hear somebody say, 
I think a small person lit our caravan on fire. I will target one of those. Nineteen. Uh, you rolled a nineteen to hit, mm-hmm. so roll yep. your damage. Yep. Uh, that's nine altogether. And then I, they get an extra d6. Slayer's Prey, is it? And it was a six. Spruce, the fog clears suddenly, an arrow comes streaking in from the rooftop that you were just on, uh, piercing the chainmail of this dragonborn that's, uh, that's only like ten feet in front of you. You've got your bow ready. Do it. It pierced him. Did he like? Did he drop when he got hit, or is he still standing? He's still standing. It hit him hard in the shoulder, and he took a step back. So okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let the arrow loose on the uh, the one that didn't get hit. Uh, so 19. Uh, it's gonna do eight piercing. That's including Kensei's shot. So the other members of Thorn's crew have have also gone into the fog, and you can hear. Uh, more fighting that you just can't see. Spruce, you can hear the sound of a, I guess, two two sets of growling and gnashing teeth and all of a sudden running paws. Gilly, you hear the same thing and you see a, a two-headed dog emerging from the fog after you. Good thing I dashed away. <laughs> He's at least got to catch up to me. Okay, so Death Dog's movement is 40 feet, so I think it will be able to catch up to you. And your armor class is... 14. Uh, so as this thing comes at you, you just sort of, like, duck and get right underneath as these two, like, sets of jaws just, like, clamp right where your head just was. But it doesn't... Oh. Didn't hit you. Wow. I know. Wow is right. You see uh, a firebolt go streaking upwards from the carriage driver. Uh-oh. Yep. You hear a female voice muttering the incantations to a spell, and the fog cloud disappears. That just means I get to go then, right? Describe your minor illusion. My idea keeps end up, yeah, it keeps getting squashed by other things that are happening here. Um, so, are there two guys still on Thorn and Martin? Yes. Okay, so uh, directly behind them, I'm going to make what sounds like a large explosion that would hopefully distract them. You can do a sound. Remember, that's the one that I made the guys have screaming in their ears and they had to run off. So I can create a sound, it's volume range from a whisper to a scream. So I figure an explosion's quite loud. Like right on where their heels would be so they would hear like right behind them. Uh, So you make this near deafening sound and they they spin confused looking to see if their carriage exploded maybe? Uh, And that brings us back to Vanna White Helsing. I think I'm just gonna, yeah, I'm gonna target the same guy again. Let's fuck him up. If you're gonna swear, can you do it into the microphone? <laughs> Let's fuck him up. Whoa, that was loud. Wow. That is much louder. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, God. What did I just tell you? <laughs> oh, God damn it. It's a 19. Oh! All right, I'll take it. So, five piercing damage plus. Three. I should ask, do we all still want the fog cloud? Is this? Oh, wait, never mind, it's gone. I forgot. Take that back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, just picturing Vanna, like mid battle, to be like, hey guys, <laughs> do we still want this fog cloud? Oh, wait, like, wait, no, never mind. <laughs> never mind. I see very clearly that it's no longer here. <laughs> Carry on. 
I'm very calm in battle, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Gildarb, your turn. You're face-to-face with a two-headed dog. So, I believe I had my familiar out before. My owl familiar. So, seeing that I'm being attacked by a dog, I'd like it to swoop at the dog. Just to create a distraction and have another target. And also so that I can get a sneak attack in. Absolutely. I think we forgot to roll initiative for your owl, so we'll just put it the same initiative order as you, if that's okay. Okay, sure, yeah. Uh, And then I will try and stab this stupid dog. A 19. 10 damage. Spruce Lee's on the ground as well. I probably saw him jump from the building. Is he somewhat close to me? He's shooting arrows, right? But He's on the opposite side of the carriage as you. What's the distance for that, probably? I'm just thinking if I could make it at least within 5 feet of him with a 25 foot. Oh no, but I'd have to disengage. Hmm... I don't think I can do anything with my cunning action then. So that's it. Uh, Martin spends his turn. Uh, he spins around and he throws uh, a small throwing knife that he produces from his sleeve into the back of the the dragonborn that Vanna shot twice. And this finally puts that guy down. He had fallen to his knees, he was really hurt, and Martin just wants to make sure he's out of the fight. And he continues to try to get Thorn away. He's like pushing against Thorn and trying to get him back away from away from danger. Okay, Faye, it's your turn, and then it'll be Spruce. I think I'm gonna use Minor Illusion again. Just on the guy who's still standing next to them, and just do another explosion just slightly to the left, so hopefully we can then help him trip up a little more and keep him away from everyone else. Another deafening, near-deafening explosion sounds off. Uh, the sound bounces off the uh, faces of the nearby buildings, and uh, that guy is really confused. Spruce, it is your turn. With the fog cloud cleared, you can see that there are two dragonborn who are kind of in a daze. Sorry, you can see those two, Faye. I forgot to, I forgot to mention. Uh, there is a two-headed dog that is headed in your direction, and one of the two dragonborn that was after Martin and Thorn is now out of the fight. Okay, will it... So we heard uh, an incantation get muttered, right? Can I just, like, quickly look to see... Yeah, like, was it the was it the carriage driver, or... Uh, roll me a perception check. 18. Where the voice came from, uh, you look and you see the female bard that's with Thorn. You think it was her. Alright, uh, this dog that's coming at me, how how close is it? You're like 25, 20, 25 feet away? I'm gonna try, I'm gonna shoot an arrow at this dog that's coming at me. <laughs> uh, 11? With an 11, the arrow just grazes the dog's hide. Alright, so I'm just gonna... So I missed it, but I'm gonna run up, and as a bonus action... Yeah, I'm gonna uh, spend a key point and use a flurry of blows, and I'm gonna make two unarmed strikes against this dog. 
Uh, first one is 14. Uh, oh, it's still my attack bonus, right? Yeah. So 15 to hit. So four damage. And then the second one is going to be t 24 to hit. And seven damage. All right, so you go up to this dog and you just, I don't know, poke it in each sets of its eyes. So a couple of the dragonborn are fighting uh, Thorn's orc buddy, Cliff Muscles. Uh, the other rogue and the bard are, are also sort of harrying the other dragonborn that are now around the back of the carriage, shooting arrows at them and, and such, basically being very evasive. One of the dragonborn is going to try to go out and douse the fire. The dragonborn that you were scaring. So now Martin is, is not being threatened at the moment. The driver of the caravan is going to look over and he sees that the the area of the biggest commotion matt uh, is where you are and martin and thorn that's where that's where the most stuff is happening right now so he's going to cast enlarge on the dog oh shit and it grows to be about the size of a horse that is terrifying a horse-sized two-headed dog uh yeah so it's going to bite at you What's your armor class, please? Well, I'm going to use Agile Parry, because I can, <laughs> uh, which makes it 17. Oh, wait. No, I can't do that. I wasn't holding a melee weapon. I was holding a ranged weapon. I can only do it with melee weapons. So 15. <laughs> this dog sinks its teeth into your arm and shoulder. You're going to take 10 points of piercing damage. Can you also make a constitution saving throw? 11. Okay. Spruce, you are poisoned. Cool. Yeah, it's this hot, hot bite. Okay. Vanna. White Helsing. So I think I will target this dog. That seems like a dire situation. Uh, 12? <laughs> 12 is just enough for that arrow to sink into the side of the dog. Five. God almighty. So I'm getting less and less happy with this whole dog situation. So I'm going to use my cunning action to disengage from the dog, which I guess I should have done last time, but it won't matter. Um, and then take my movement just to kind of move around the cart so that I have a more clear view of this like concentrated area of battle. <clears throat> and then I'd like to cast sleep. It's like a 20-foot radius kind of effect. So I want to cast it, I guess, where there's a concentration. Because a few people are wounded in this scrum, right? Mm -hmm. So I just want to get the wounded people in my radius. Because those are the ones to be more likely affected by sleep. So were you moving, sorry, around the front or around the back? Around the front, because that's where my allies came from, so... 23 plus 8 again. 31 then. Yeah, I got a couple of eights on that. The creatures that are affected by sleep is a dragonborn that was wounded, and the death dog in front of Spruce Lee. Uh, Martin continues to implore Thorn to leave this madness behind, and you can see that Thorn is finally starting to respond, and those of you who can see think that he's maybe as ready to sort of abandon the fight. Uh, but you're still in it for now, so Faye, it is your turn. 
And then it will be Spruce. Using Minor Illusion, I want to cast a very high-pitched, dog-high-only pitch mm -hmm. to the dog's ears that will drive the dog insane and loud. <laughs> and so, yeah, the dog can only hear it. It's a really loud, high-pitched whistle kind of noise, and it's going to hopefully impair the dog completely. And then after that, using my uh, Bardic Inspiration, I would like to inspire all three of my teammates with five extra hit points and the ability to move up their speed away without an opportunity to attack if they want. Brilliant. Give yourself inspiration for that dog whistle. That's that's great. So we can, sorry, we can move up to our speed? Yes, without provoking an opportunity to attack. Yeah, yeah the dog so that was on me is asleep anyway, but cool. Yeah. Run away a little bit. <laughs> uh, all I want to know is um, kind of, and I guess I could even shout to any members that are close to us, but just to know, are, are we going with Martin or are we going separate? So they're on the roof, so it's probably, they're probably easier to get away. But Spruce and I have to worry about where we're going to disengage to. So if I see, I don't know if you've started running, did you? I just kind of wanted to step away from that dog that was mm -hmm. sleeping in front of me. Um, I mean, I guess it makes the most sense to go with Martin. That's kind of why we came here, right? Yeah. So, so I'm gonna use my speed to to move fully in the direction of Martin, trying to just get away from these guys and run. Now your speed's 45, so you'd be ahead of me by a bit. Spruce, it is your turn. I, I'm just gonna use my action then to switch out my weapons, take out my glaive, and then I'm just gonna run towards Martin and Thorn. So, yeah, I have a speed of 45. So however close that gets me to them. As for the rest of the uh, fight, you can see that the orc Cliff Muscles has succumbed to a number of injuries. He's currently unconscious. Owen has been sort of shooting a, a hand crossbow from the shadows, and he's even behind Martin, sort of where you guys are, so he's ready to, to book it as well. One of the Dragonborn is going to go up and free the wheel of its encumbrance, and the rest of the dragonborn who are standing around are sort of forming up like in like almost like a semicircle ready to present a more unified front but once that wheel is free the carriage just speeds into motion and and continues down the thoroughfare i think that's something important mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, i think that's why it was so thrown off when we stopped mm -hmm. it and set it on fire <laughs> <laughs> might have something to do with the greater plot of things but... <laughs> Whatever it is, their fancy stuff is going to be a little smoky and charred. So, seeing that there are still five or six uh, dragonborn and one semi-distracted two-headed dog, and one that can still be easily woken up, Thorn finally turns around. He can see that a couple of his crew have been knocked out. He turns around. Martin looks at you, and he says, "Everyone, just split up. Uh, I'll find you. I'll find you after. Just get home, lay low, stay out of sight." Uh, <laughs> I was just thinking of, <laughs> I don't know if I actually want to do this, but using mage hands and sleight of hands to slip my vial of new life onto, onto Thorin's person, just in case he doesn't have one on him. Since I'm there anyways. Yeah. So, but I'll use my, uh, sleight of hand check here because... I can perform a task without being noticed if I succeed on a sleight of hand check contested by a creature's wisdom perception check. I guess I mean I would use an an advantage on this because 
I want it to work. That's oh, funny. nice. <laughs> I mean, and it's plus eight. Just for the brick. 28. Okay, so as Martin and Thorn and Owen speed away down the alley, you, like, to, to the notice of no one else, have this vial slipped into... Whoops, sorry. Slip... <laughs> What? You just apologized to the microphone. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're Canadian. <laughs> I'm so sorry about that, sir. <laughs> no, I didn't, Katie. I apologize to the pop filter. <laughs> so you expertly maneuver this vial of new life into Thorn's cloak. Um, and now you're sort of, uh, are you guys heeding his advice and you're going to... Running in terror. I take a large bow, say thank you, puff of smoke, and duck down and run away. Yeah, I think I'm eager eager to get out of there. So, As Spruce leaves the combat area, as you just start to run down the alley, you can feel a burning in your pulse, and you know that you should really get this bite looked at. Okay, so you guys make your way back to the cellar, is that correct? We bravely run away. I feel like a song is appropriate. Nope. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, so this at this point, it is basically the middle of the night. So are you guys going to rest? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, you're good. I'm poisoned. <laughs> <laughs> I got to sort that out. Does rest cure poison? I'm guessing not. Does anyone in the group have any medicine ability? Uh, can we ask oh, yeah. What's our enchanter? Name? Sure. Elwin. El- Elwin? Yeah. What's up, Elwyn? You you know any medicine, specifically the curing poison kind of medicines? When you guys get back to your cellar, there's one wall of the cellar that is just plastered with parchment papers with, like, scribbling and and diagrams. Strings going from one to the other. (laughs) (laughs) We picked up a serial killer, guys. (laughs) None of it you understand, but uh, he sees you and he says, oh, oh. Good. Uh, what day is it? Never mind. Uh, listen, I'm almost done. What happened to you? And he looks at Spruce. I, I got bit by a dog. <laughs> Big one. That's a, a bit of an understatement. He was bit by a two-headed dog, but possibly some sort of death variety of dog that was currently enlarged at the time, I do believe. But Oh, an engorged dog? Mm-hmm. Two-headed he sort of rolls up your sleeve and he you can see that your like the veins around the bite marks are a little bit black like they're <laughs> there's like this corrosive smell and he says yeah i would go to um i don't know if you have uh someone at the warriors alliance who who deals with grievous injuries but uh I mean, this won't kill you right away, but it will kill you eventually. So you should go someplace where you can have poison cured. Would the Warriors Alliance have something like that? Like some sort of sports doctor or something? <laughs> <laughs> ringside, the ringside a war doctor. doctor. <laughs> I think it would be a war doctor in this context. Yeah, whatever. Um... Like the guys, like in a boxing match, that put the stuff on your face when you get a cut. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> like one of those guys. You just need some vaseline and to remove poison. Yeah. <laughs> Elwin says, "I think you might have better luck 
seeking out a cleric at one of the local temples. Um, I know that the clerics at the Temple of Bahamut will do it for uh, a fee. You think the church would be closed? I don't know. They're clerics. I don't really, I don't really I, visit. I mean, if I look desperate enough, I'm sure they would let me in. I'd be willing to go with you if you want to go now, or or you could, you know, try and sleep it off, see how I, you feel in the morning. I would prefer to go now. I don't have much in the way of gold, though. Yeah, I can help out. We can go. I'd go with you. Okay. Yeah, I'd like to go get this poison taken care of. All right. You you guys gonna stay back here? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna see what Elvin's up to. Yeah, maybe keep an he eye seems, on him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad he's settled in, but the drawings creep me out a little bit, too. I clean off all the scraps of paper and stuff off my chaise that he's destroyed with his weird crafting. Mm. (laughs) He's like paper (laughs) mache your chair. He looks at you harshly and he says, It's a good thing I numbered all of those pages. Oh, dear. Who have I recruited? Okay, so Spruce and... Giladob are going to make their way to a local temple under the cover of night. Yes, I advise taking back alleys and dark, dark corners. Avoid guards. Uh, Spruce, you almost have a hard time keeping up with Giladob, who navigates these alleys uh, without hesitation. Uh, but you get to a uh, a temple, a humble-looking stone building with a few torches out front. Uh, it is open. Uh, and there is one cleric inside as you enter. Uh, it's very warm, and there's some uh, fragrant uh, incense burning. Uh, and you're you're a little bit surprised that it's a, a dragonborn cleric, which are very rare. Like people kind of don't like dragonborn all that much, since most of them are allied to Agarand. Um, but you, I mean, you've probably seen this particular cleric around or have heard of him uh, because there's fairly uncommon outside of Ruzar. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to go up and ask him for help and just say I got... Wait, wait, wait. That's a trick. What if he asks how you get the how you got poisoned and what bit you? A dog. It's a dog. Yeah, but it was a very unique two-headed dog used by dragonborn people. Yeah, but not his dragonborn people. True. Let's hope this goes okay. Hi! <laughs> Hello, my children. What, uh, have you come to pray? There's plenty of room. I already did that today. <laughs> Got my praying in. Wonderful. I'm actually looking for some help. I'm hoping you can help me. Maybe if you have some, some medicine that might heal some poison, or cure some, some poison thing. Yes, this temple does offer that service. Uh, I, I need that service, please. May I examine your wound, please? Yes. I hold out my blackened arm. That is gross. You were wise to come here as soon as you did. This looks very fresh. It smells fresh. It is fresh, yes. I think I know the creature that did this. They were native to my kingdom before I became a refugee and settled here. Huh. No kidding. And what creature is that? They go by several names, uh, but I think the most common one is called a death dog. Left untreated, this surely would kill you. Probably in a matter of days. Treatment, please. So you look down and your arm is now totally fine. And he, he's like, see, I was talking to you that whole time while I was doing that to distract you from the fact that I was casting a spell. 
Wow. That was awesome. What a clever bedside manner. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it can be uncomfortable or even painful, but my pleasant demeanor distracted you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. How can I, uh, how can I repay you? I recommend a donation of 50 gold pieces to our humble temple so that we may continue to do the service for others in need. I will pull out a shiny bloodstone and offer it to him as as payment, which is worth 50 gold. But I'll tell him it's worth more. <laughs> this beautiful bloodstone. I think Bahamut would very much appreciate it. Your generosity is most appreciated. Might I ask, how did this happen in our own streets? Wrong place, wrong time. He says, I understand. And he... Like tries to wink, but he just blinks both his eyes. <laughs> Says, ah, "Dragonborn can't wink. It's a well-known racial defect." Uh, I have a tenuous understanding of what is happening out there, and if you are resisting the sorts of violence that I left my homeland to to free myself from, then you have a friend in this temple, at least in this humble cleric. And what is your name, humble cleric? Madrash. Madrash. Medrash with a, an E. Well, med, med, med rash. <laughs> it sounds worse when you separate it like that. <laughs> well, th- thanks again. We're going to be on our way now. <laughs> he gives you a, a slight bow and uh, says, Bahamut, guide your steps. And also yours. <laughs> <laughs> and then we head back to the... Back to the do, 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 do. <laughs> Uh, anybody else want to have any sort of happenings before you take a long rest? Oh, yeah. I want to know what he's up to. Hi, Ellen. So what are you, what are you working on here? You said something's almost done. What do you, what's almost done? I have almost completed these, uh, the plans for the device that will get Kalira back. Uh, I only need a few more hours to work on it. So maybe tomorrow at some time I can unveil my grand design and I think you will be very impressed and if you are not it's because you don't understand do I recognize anything that's on these pieces of paper like are they symbols is it a language or what his handwriting is very difficult to like it's very messy uh like half of it's just diagrams you can sort of make out like a picture of what looks like a partial skeleton but of what kind of creature you don't know there's some runic inscriptions that you can't comprehend can you tell me anything about this device can you sneak peek for a friend Uh, i would i would much prefer just to keep working and uh not to be distracted but to just unveil everything to all of you at once and not have to repeat myself does he seem okay like does he like he seemed a little like weird and manic since we've met him, is he seeming like he's losing his marbles or he's legitimately working and... Make an insight check. Insight. Where is that? Oh, oh, okay. Uh, 12. If being all over the place is how he's been consistently, then you're starting to think that might be his normal. Okay. Uh, take a long rest, get your hit points and spell slots back. Um, okay, so the following morning... Uh, Gilly, you venture out and you do see a message in Thieves' Cant, uh, another location, much like the other times when you were sort of given directions on where to to go to see Martin. Hey guys, uh, I got a message back. 
It's just a location again. Looks like Martin wants to meet us. I'm definitely curious to see what has transpired. Before we get into anything else, I will say that you guys feel so much more vigorous and like you've got more experience just after that long night of sleep. So you are going up to level four. Oh, yeah. So you follow the directions of this message that Giladob found, and it leads you back to the familiar setting of Martin's office. It is eerily quiet. There's still some some other thieves hanging around, but it's like not nearly as many as, as you had previously seen. So Martin invites you into his office, and he doesn't have that sort of cheery demeanor that he had before. He just kind of motions for you to sit down, and he then sits, and without any sort of hello or pleasantries, he just says, I'm the leader of this guild because the others respect me. And at some point, my own closest friend stopped respecting me. And then others followed him. And I was too blind to see it. It was happening right under my nose. But you've helped me win a victory. And even though it feels hollow, I know that it's not hollow. It's a very meaningful victory. Part of me must have known that this was a possibility from the start because, because Thorne's name was in my ledger from the very beginning. He won't be a problem for you anymore. Neither will the others who survived that, that horrible violence. The four of you have done me a great favor. And even though Thorn is gone, you did help me save his life, which is not a small thing to me. So you have my gratitude. So he hands you each a small satchel of platinum coins worth 400 gold coins each. He also sets a blank piece of parchment and a quill on the desk. And he says, if there's anything urgent, write on this and I will see it among my other missives. And he he sort of folds his hands and he says, there is one other matter, though, that we do need to discuss. I know that Owen helped you, but he also disobeyed me. What do you think I should do? We had agreed to not turn him in initially while we were still investigating as we weren't sure what was going to actually you know happen he also reluctantly didn't want to be he didn't want to be part of it he He was kind of swindled into it and like strong-armed into staying with it and he really wanted out so it makes me think what what would he want out of the deal obviously he didn't want to be involved with the violence and the new life and all that so maybe if he was yeah, just able to still have a life or, you know, get him help with his new life addiction. I don't know. <laughs> Is anyone going to try to roll persuasion? I think you should take it easy. Try and get him some help for the new life. He didn't want to be part of this and he wanted to help and get out of it. And because of him, we were able to stop something that could have been much worse. Natural 20. Oh, oh, shit. Jesus. He's just a child. Now. <laughs> <laughs> you get the whole waterworks going. Give him a million dollars. <laughs> Martin listens attentively to your very eloquent speech, and he says, People suffering from new life deteriorate over time. It can't be helped. But he showed significant strength of character and that is something to be admired so i will not cross his name off the ledger 
but he will no longer be a member of my guild. Should someone eventually create a cure for this, then perhaps, if he is still capable, he can rejoin my ranks. But I will show him this kindness. He will no longer be a member, but he will not be marked. He says, uh, he sort of stands and he says, I thank you again for helping me save the life of my dearest friend. And I, I can only, at this point, I can only hope that he finds some kind of peace elsewhere. And he, he says, well, if you need me, you know how to get a hold of me. I hope the next time it's under better circumstances. And please keep yourselves well. I'm sure that these Dragonborn will be on the look for each of you. Who's going to take that, uh, that parchment with the scroll? Me? Sure. Not that we would need to write in code, but might still be smart. Yeah, so, and you can write in guilt write in, can, or yeah. thieves can't on it. Cool. Yeah, that's neat. Okay, as you make your way back to your safe house, you are walking through the city streets, and all four of you stop in your tracks as as you're walking the side street from this main street. All of a sudden, there is a procession of iron guardians. In the middle of this, these two columns, there is a group of dragonborn fighters wearing Agaran's colors, and in the middle of that, you see Agaran himself and his sorcerer standing beside him, and they are speaking in Draconic. Can I hear it? Can you make a perception check, please? 22. You hear the sorcerer say, someone in the Arcane Academy must know what caused it. For all we know, they're responsible. They may even be hiding her. Agarand replies, Be calm, Arizax. Do not risk losing your composure here. We have waited this long. We will find out what is happening, even if we have to flay every last wizard in that damned academy. The sorcerer replies, What of the attack on our caravan? And Agarand says, Mago, we'll find out who is responsible. That is all that you hear from them, and they are—they just continue marching on through the streets. Didn't even notice you. And when you get back to the cellar, there's even more pages up on the walls, and Elwyn is like, hey, everyone, everyone, gather around, gather around. Are they on the chaise or whatever? Because that's important. They're all over it again. <laughs> oh, no! He's even, like, affixed them with thumbtacks. <gasps> oh. Tacks? You don't even use tape? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm very excited, and you should be too, because this is going to be... I I don't want to say impossible. I don't want to say it will be impossible, but... Oh, we're going to have such an adventure. I can't wait to hear all about, you know, your stories that you're going to have when you come back and tell me how you've gotten all these things. I know what we will need, and here it is. So, sit down and listen. The existing planar barrier uses a number of pillars which are embedded with gemstones... And these gemstones are, are inscribed with complex runes. We will need to acquire a handful of gemstones of similar quality. I think four should be sufficient. We will need to copy the inscriptions from the existing gemstones, which means we will have to go into the ruins underneath the city, find one of the buried pillars, and copy the runes on the gems because I've forgotten all of those. The rune-inscribed gems will allow us to reach through the interplanar barrier without actually breaking it. It's very important. Every, everything I'm about to tell you is crucial. 
the device needs a structure that can not only withstand, but also conduct the considerable amount of magic that this process will demand. This cannot be done with iron, stone, or steel. The only substance that can handle this is dragon bone. You will need to venture out to one of the grave sites outside of the city. One dragon's hand worth of bones should be sufficient. But the bones are useful for other things too, so if you can get more... Uh, don't be afraid to be a little bit greedy. And for that, uh, for that purpose, uh, I have managed to acquire this. He says, this is a portable hole. So he opens this up, and it just like unfolds constantly, and it's six feet in diameter and ten feet deep. It's just this like little pocket space, this pocket dimension. And then he folds it back up, and he's like, that should hold as much dragon bone as, as you'll need. The teleportation spell requires a component to be consumed. Here we can use a diamond of appropriate size, uh, perhaps about the size of an eyeball. This will prove to be either very difficult or very expensive to obtain. And these last two things will need to be the last two steps that we undertake. In order to locate Kalira wherever she is, we need something that belongs to her. Agarand is hardly a sentimentalist, uh, so I don't think that he will have kept anything of hers. Uh, destroying every trace of her rule would be more in keeping with his vindictiveness. Though there is one thing that he will not destroy. The Staff of Control. Lastly, the device will require a huge amount of ambient magic in order to function. Thirty years ago, I had a horde of dragons, which are innately magical. I don't know if you knew that, but they are. Now, we will have to make do with what we have, which is Arizax, the sorcerer. He is one of the most powerful sorcerers alive, perhaps the most, at least that I know of. I've been out of the loop lately, so, I, you know, I don't know. If we can lure him into a confrontation with the rest of the device complete... The ambient magic produced from him trying to kill all of you should do the trick. These last two steps will be the final two steps, but the others you can approach in any order you wish. Any questions? No? Okay, good. I'm going to bed. That does it for our episode this week. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. Our next episode coming out will be another campaign planning episode. And in the meantime, if you do want to support the podcast, consider leaving a rating wherever you're listening to your podcasts or tell your friends about the podcast or head on over to thingstimwrote.com slash books if you enjoy reading some fantasy books. And now I'll leave it to the outro music to take it away because it's all like dun 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 d